Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Welcome to the Theater Podcast. I'm Alan Seals, your host for the show. And our guest today is Alyssa Fox. She's the standby for Elphaba on Broadway in Wicked. This continues our Wicked takeover. If you haven't listened to any of the previous episodes, just pause, scroll back through your feed, make sure you listen to everybody else, but then come back to this one because... Wow, Alyssa was so much fun to talk to. She's got this great story of of being with Wicked, I think she said for 12 years, uh, whether it was with a tour or the San Francisco production. And then she took a brief break to be Casey Levy's standby in Broadway's Frozen. So her, her incredible, her journey is absolutely fun. And can't wait to share it with you. So find me online, Instagram and Twitter. Of course, at theater underscore podcast, leave a rating, leave a review, find me on TikTok, whatever you want to do, whatever your method is, reach out. Let me know you're you're listening. And now everybody, please enjoy this episode with Alyssa Fox. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today's guest was one of the original cast members of Frozen on Broadway, where she covered the role of Elsa. After she let it go, she started traveling the country as the understudy for Elphaba in Wicked. But we're get to the timeline of all this. Okay, so first she was in San Francisco production in the 2012 National Tour. Then she led the National Tour in 2015, became the Elphaba Broadway standby in 2016, which she then left. And that's when she went to Frozen and now has come back to Broadway as the Elphaba standby. She's a coach who likes to talk about fulfilling her lifelong dream of becoming true Disney royalty. Alyssa Fox, welcome to the Theater Podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be joining you today. The way I read the bio, it makes it sound like you coach people on talking about fulfilling their lifelong dreams <laughs> of, of becoming Disney royalty. But that's not how it sounds. It's misplaced modifier. <laughs> so <laughs> tell us about your Disney royalty dreams. So I, I grew up as a, with a great love of Disney and Disney princesses and um, the storytelling that goes on there. And... It was my first like introduction to um, acting and storytelling while singing. And I always wanted to be a singer. And that was like number one. Um, so that was kind of how I saw what I could possibly do in the future. Because I didn't really know about like Broadway and musical theater. Um, so I always thought that I would be a Disney princess on like a, a voice on an animated film. 
but I actually got to like embody an actual Disney princess or queen um, on stage as a person, not a disembodied voice. And that was really, really a dream that I got to accomplish that I think younger me would be very proud of. Was was there any specific movie that you were really attached to when you were a kid? Well, all of them. But I loved uh, Pocahontas. I loved um, Beauty and the Beast. I had a Beauty and the Beast uh, poster on my wall and a Little Mermaid poster on my wall. Little Mermaid was like my favorite, probably. I had my that, mom fast forward through the Ursula parts, though. They were scary. Yes, yes. <laughs> I I love that stuff. As a, as a Disney... Uh, my grandfather helped build Disney World. He was wow. on, on the engineering project management team. And so, like, we went there all the time when I was a kid. We'd go wow. visit Grandma and Grandpa down in Florida, and we would go to Disney World for free because we went with him. So my That's love, incredible. My love for Disney is incredible. And we got all the movies, watched all of that stuff on repeat, wore out the VHS tapes. Absolutely. Uh, in those Absolutely. plastic cases. Yes, yes, the clamshells. <laughs> so the clamshells. Yes, Let, shelves and shelves and shelves of those those clamshell plastic VHS holders. Oh, I love it. I love it. And and so then was but was that the impetus for starting to get into musical theater was was the Disney love and and I guess Little Mermaid and whatnot? Yeah, I I I think that um I didn't really get into theater or musical theater until like very much later. And I always knew that I wanted to be a singer, but um, Disney was kind of the way that I saw that that could be possible to like make a career out of singing and uh, expressing emotion and storytelling. Um, So that was kind of like, it was like I had a precursor to musical theater before I even knew it. Well, yeah, that, that I think touches children in a way that they or it touches humanity right like storytelling singing yes. there's always the dancing it's animals but it's presented it's presented in a way that is consumable for for younger children 100 percent. i and, think that's it's it's a really great introduction to like theatrical expression right and i think it it brings people into this world where uh there's the message is about acceptance and the message is about finding your chosen family or your real family or by trying to be someone you're not. And that doesn't work out. So you have to be yourself. Right. There's a sense of like authenticity and that's, that's what we all kind of aspire to. So I think there are a lot of good things about growing up with Disney. <laughs> so Disney kid turned into obviously performing Adult was there? Uh, Disney adult, a, a Disney adult, and a performer. Proud, adult. Di- proud Disney adult. Proud Disney adult. Was there a time, uh, a touch point, a turning point at any at any point during the young or teenage years where you're where you said, "This is what I want to do. This becomes my career." Or are you still you know, you're still not there yet. <laughs> I knew I always wanted to be a singer. That was always number one. But I didn't really know what that was going to be. I think maybe at a certain point, I thought that I was going to be like a recording artist or something. But then I grew up singing live and I got a real attachment to live performance. Um, and that is, there's nothing like that, like singing for an audience and having that energy in front of me. I grew up singing in church. So that was like a, the big thing. Um where I was, I just loved it so much. And so I think 
I didn't really do a lot of theater. I did like church musicals and things like that. Um, and then like some school things, but I, I was more into choir. And then once I, once I, I, I think it was not until like my senior year of high school when I discovered Wicked. <laughs> when I discovered Wicked, I was like, oh, this is it. This is it. I'm going to do this. So I was a little older. I think a lot of people start when they're very young. I always knew I wanted to sing, but theater became like the thing pretty late later. Discovered it as in like uh, sound, just the cast album? The cast album. Yeah. 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 So we're we're pretty, we're similar in age then. Cause it was the same for me. It was, it was like that around that time for me when, um, the cast album uh, for Wicked came out. And then I started just going down this rabbit hole of other things like, like rent, yes. right? You know? Yes. And, and I was just like absorbing literally every bit of musical theater ever. The old stuff, the new stuff, the classics, the modern weird concept musicals. You know, I, I just gained a wonderful appreciation for this new exciting thing in my life. Have you thought back about what it was about musical theater that that really made you latch on because there there's uh being in church there's literal spirituality being yes. in the real world there's all sorts of different cliques and groups and whatnot and so why musical theater did did you say this is where i want to put my energy you know it was a lot of um a lot of it was listening to Idina sing and the power behind it and the emotion behind it. I was like, you know, I, I sang with emotion anyways with church. And so that, that kind of started my, you know, expressive um, love for singing. Um, and so when I heard it, I was like, oh, this is different. And I looked at a picture of her and I was like, oh, this is like my type. I can yeah, do this. You do look very similar. I know. And now I now I now I get to do both Elsa and Alphaba. There's like a pipeline there. <laughs> you know, Idina <laughs> is the is the uh connection there. But um it was it was really like I I heard it the first time and I was like, that, that's this is it. This is it for me. And so it became it was like my first realization of oh, Broadway is it for me. Um and I just went from there. That was like this, the jumping off point. And I just dove in deep right off the bat. Well, uh, what is it? October 30th. Yeah, we're coming up on 20 years of Wicked. It opened Wicked October 30th, Day. 2003. Three. So, yeah. So, so we're this next year. So 19. Well, like, this is year 19. Right. Oh, yeah. That's math. Math is hard, right? Um, <laughs> I'm, <yeah. laughs> I'm not a math person either. <laughs> Give or take a global shutdown and a pandemic. I Yeah, well, we'll see. Your brain gets a little fuzzy. Yeah. It's, and we just delete the two years that we kind of had off there. <laughs> you know, and it's still kind of going in and out. Okay, so oh, Wicked, yes. is, Wicked is currently the, what, the fifth longest running Broadway show in history. Has won more yeah. than 100 international awards, right? So you got started... It, with Wicked, you were saying 12 years ago. 2010, I started as the understudy for Alphaba, for Edith Espinosa, who's incredible. Also and, could be your twin. 
<laughs> right. So we all kind of like all the alphabets kind of look yeah. like sisters, yeah. you know. And then we become sisters by doing the role. But uh, yeah, so I understudied. I was very young. I had no idea what I was doing. I had never done like um, a big production contract like that before. I kind of started up here. And I, my story of getting, getting the job is a, is a, a journey in itself. Um, I knew that I, I was in college it didn't really work out for me. I wasn't much, I was not a good student. Um, so I dropped out and I, I saw that there was an open cattle call, non-equity cattle call on playbill.com. And I was like, I'm going to go to New York and I'm going to go to this cattle call and I'm going to get Alphaba. It's just what's happening. It's like, I knew <laughs> I was like, this is what's happening. Um, so I, and I did not have a lot of money. I've, I never had a lot of money. Uh, I grew up with, not with much. Um, so I spent the like $500 in my bank account, flew to New York for the first time ever. I'd never been to New York, went to this open cattle call and um, I did what I, I knew that I was going to do. Wait. And so initially I, I, I got my first job initially from a non-equity cattle call in 2008. Like a long, long, long ago. That's insane. It's so insane. You were, I know you, you grew up in Dallas? In Texas? Dallas, that's yeah. right. So were yeah, you still, Garland, were you, Texas. Were you still there uh, in college? I was, I was living in Oklahoma City. I went to Oklahoma City University uh, where I had an incredible voice teacher, Vicki Kelly, who is now retired. Um, but it, it, was, it was an interesting experience because, I, like I said, not a good student. Probably should have gone a different direction. But I, I did learn a lot. I also learned that college was not for me. And so I was like, I want to work. Let's go. Let's go. I'm ready for this. Let's go. Um, so I left and I think it was a good decision. I think it worked out pretty well. It seems, it seems like it was pretty good. You I'm so, doing fine. <laughs> so you show up in New York, non at cattle call, mm -hmm. get to 500 the, girls waiting outside, uh, Telsey outside in the rain. Was um, it, was it, uh, specifically for Alphabar or was it, it was just the generic uh, union required annual thing? It was just the generic kind of thing where they just like had like four or five rooms of assistant casting directors and then the main casting director's room that you're moved into if you, if they like, if they like you, if you pass the first test. But it was like using eight bars acapella and so, so they just bring people in and out like fast, like hundreds and hundreds of people. Did you sing? To do the did same you thing. sing from Wicked? Did you? Like I sang. So I I had just done uh, Little Women at OCU doing Joe March, and I sang Astonishing. I sang eight bars at the end of at the end of Astonishing, and then once I moved to the other room with Craig Burns, uh, then I he had me sing a little bit of the Wicked of Defying Gravity. Um, and that was, it was really crazy because I had no frame of reference for what an audition even right. was. So I was like, this is what it's like. And then now I'm like, wow, that was really crazy. Eight bars acapella, like. Yeah. 
What a no, strange thing to ask for. Did they have you read or anything? Or it was just, I no. mean, the cattle call, like, obviously they want to get people yes. in and out as quickly So they as had me, I, I mean, I, I came back and I left at that time. And then I got a call like a couple of months later. Um, and they said I was on their like list of like people to call back. And so, and I did not have an agent. Like I was pretty like doing things myself. Like the decision was myself and... And I kind of kept going that way. Um, so I had like the casting director calling me personally on my cell phone while I was working at a tea shop in Oklahoma City. Uh, <laughs> so I flew back. I flew back and forth to New York probably five different times over the year and a half between when I first did the cattle call and when I booked uh, Wicked in San Francisco. Wow. That's insane. It's a wild story. Once I booked the show, I had $18 in my bank account. And I didn't know how I was going to even afford food that weekend. Um, so it really, Wicked really changed my life and turned it into something that I am very fortunate and lucky. And I... I'm so lucky to be doing, to be able to go from that to this is just a complete turnaround. We're going to take a short break. Stay tuned for more of the episode. Did you, did you ever think that you would be uh, living? I mean, I think the understudy standby swing life is, is Mm. so difficult, so much harder in in a in a different way than sustaining the lead eight times a week because yeah it's it messes with your head it really yeah. does and and most of my career has been standing by like the vast majority of my career has been standing by well, I think it's hard and to I find lo- people, I think I'm built well for it yeah it's hard to find people who who it can go from zero to a hundred <laughs> right well you were saying you're saying before we started recording that, mm-hmm. that you went on recently on Broadway for Alphaba and yeah. you hadn't gone on for six months before that yeah so I was filling in I, I filled in on and off when someone was injured or had COVID um, jumping in and out of the show like three different times from September to now um, so I got to perform back in November or December was my last time and then this past Wednesday was my first time back. So how does how does it work for? I think it's sort of different for every show, but like we've got um, let's see, Ali Trim is the Glinda standby. Mm-hmm. You are the Elphaba standby. Emily Rogers is the Elphaba understudy. understudy. Celia Hottenstein Huntstein is the Glinda understudy. So we've got understudy. Two, so we've got understudies and standbys. So. Yes. How does it work in terms of when you know you're going to go on versus like, are you hanging out in the wings during the whole production? Is there a certain point in like when act two goes up where you're like, all right, now I can go home? Yes, actually, luckily in, in Frozen, it was not like that. We couldn't leave until it's, it's all up to the stage manager. But as long as the understudy is in the building, the standby, at least we can leave, you know, once the downbeat of act two happens. Um, I usually stay later because I get stuck to that dr- that dressing room couch. It's very comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I am always in the dressing room ready to go. Um, not painted or anything, but just like mentally like at work, you know. Um, but I do get to, you know, have this job where most of the time is waiting, is trying to, is is being patient and 
once I get to go on. I usually find out day of, sometimes very close to the show, sometimes, you know, hours and hours before where I can like tell people to come to the theater. <laughs> um, but usually it's pretty, it's pretty last minute for a standby. And we don't usually know dates that we're going to be on um, until day of. So is Unless that, there's like planned things. But yeah. So the, the standby, so the understudy goes on if it's like known, like a vacation thing, if it's known well in advance and the standby is there. So usually the sta- it's kind of up to the stage manager again, but uh, usually the standby will go on is the first line. A uh, first line of defense is yes. the, the standby once the lead is out. Um, and then if the standby is out, then the understudy will go on. And the understudy has their own um, ensemble track too. So they're in the show every night. Right, right, right. Yeah. So, so your whole job is to know everything about Alphaba. And not yes. going on though, do you do put-in rehearsals? Do you do touch-ups? Like Yes. I, I usually, they usually, because the, the lead Alphaba is probably so tired and doing all the shows, um, either... Either I or Emily Rogers will do um, rehearsals when a new person comes in. Um, usually that they kind of have us jump into those things. So yeah, oh. we do definitely have rehearsals and things like that. But it's not for you. It's for, it's for other people. It's for usually, new Usually, yeah. So, well, I've, I've been doing it such a long time that I, they're like, oh, you, you're fine. Just, <laughs> you know, we'll have like one day of rehearsal and then you'll be, you're, you're fine, right? And I was like, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was a show that I did at Busch Gardens Williamsburg. Not quite the caliber of Broadway. But it was like a 25-minute show that during the height of the summer, we would do 10 times a day. uh, We love a theme park, but that sounds exhausting. Oh my God, it was. And uh, ironically, last night, I was with one of my Busch Gardens friends and uh, we just started busting out my opening number. And it's been (laughs) a decade. And, it sits in there. And it just sits and never, never That's leaves. exactly what I thought. So I, I had been doing Frozen for a few years and then the pandemic happened. So it had been five years from the time I came back to Wicked. Um, and I was like, I told Mary about the stage manager. I was like, I don't know that I remember anything. And she was like, okay, well, let's just like run through it and see what you remember. I started, I was like, it just started to come out of my mouth and I started to like move my body. And I was like, it is in there. Yeah. I remember everything. And so it made me think like, (laughs) what else is in my brain that I have stored that I just can't unlock until I start doing it? It's pretty wild that I, it just, it's in you. It's in Once you. you do something and you memorize something and work on something and repeat it that many times, it just, there's a groove it, in your brain, you know, it just a, wears. There. There's a smell, <laughs> like smell, what is it? Smell is, is the most, uh, the, 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 memory. the sense that most, most tied to memory, yes. right? Yes. So and I, I imagine. have a very, very good sense of smell I, to my I, detriment. <laughs> <laughs> New York is not the city for you during the summer. I mean... <laughs> It, truly, it it doesn't smell great. I love you, New York, but you're a little stinky. You're a little stinky. I was walking around <laughs> in the 98 degree heat last night, and it was a lot stinky. Um, yes, mm, mm. yes, yes. So the whole so, city like melts. <laughs> yes, I was imagining uh, that what I was saying was was I, I I'm sure if you haven't been 
on stage in a while, but you put, I'm sure the, the paint has a smell, right? So it's got to, it's yeah, got to have powder, something. the paint, the, the, powder, the, paint. the dressing rooms, right. the theater itself. So as soon as you, like, if you're in Dallas, if you're somewhere else, right, then it's going to take a little bit to get it back into it. But when you yeah. go back into that group, you fall into that, that track, yes. literally it's a track, right? You fall it into is. that. And then you, all of a sudden you get to the other side and you're taking your bows and you're like, oh yeah, I remembered everything. That was great. Yes. Wow. Yes. Oh, I just did that. I, I, I remembered it and we did it. Yeah. And, and, you know, you just got to be careful not to like go completely on autopilot when, when it's that like built into your body, you're like, okay, wake up, let's do this show right now. (laughs) Do you have trouble with that at all uh, of, 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 I guess, being detached from it after not doing Mm. it for a while versus uh, overthinking it? Because I, I find that you know, some people, when they overthink it, that's when they start to forget words. But when they just mm. let it go, uh, you know, no pun intended for Frozen, uh, <laughs> let it go. When they just kind of let it go and let the nerves go away, which I don't know if that ever happens, uh, it, it comes more naturally. And like you said, it just, yeah. everything just blurts out. Yeah, I, I feel like sometimes it's like, people always say like doing, starting Wicked and doing Wizard and I right off the bat is like being shot out of a cannon. Um, so that's a crazy feeling because you have to just run out on stage and then it just goes from there. You yeah. don't really get a break as Elphaba. It's just a marathon of running around and screaming is what I always say. Running yeah. around and screaming. <laughs> okay. So your audition story, insane. Uh, Pretty wild. First yeah. time you wanted to be on stage since you were a kid discovered wicked helped you get into theater the first time mm-hmm. you're going on as alphaba on broadway mm-hmm. end of act 1 to find gravity getting hoisted up that damn jerry picker <sighs> do you remember that do you remember what you were feeling no. in that moment i think usually first shows you don't really remember anything you just do it and then your brain once like the g- curtain like comes down you're just like how did I do that? Did I do it? How did, how did it sound? I have no idea. So you're just kind of like, <laughs> but, but I think there's a, a lot that's just like, you get that first show out of the way and then you're like, okay, I got this. And I've never struggled with like nerves, nerves, but there are parts in the show, like right before that cherry picker, when there are some technical things that have to be done, plus getting ready to sing like, the hardest ending to the hardest song. Um, I'll I'll add that on. I'll tack that on to Elsa too. It's always that that final, you know, number in Act One. Act One finale is always mm-hmm. like the big one, and so the nerves don't really come into like that point for me. Like on stage, I don't have much of like the pre-show anxiety or anything. But it's it's more like on stage. There are these moments where you're just like, oh. I better be sharp. I better be on, you know? <laughs> so you turn your brain on, you're like, I am present right here in this moment um, doing the show. Yeah. With, the, with the show as technical as Wicked and, and others, uh, I, I just get so worried about, for myself, I would get worried about walking into a set piece, forgetting what's coming on and what's going off and, and what It happens. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of a clumsy person. There has been numerous times where I have just bit it on stage. I just 
slipped and fell. I mean, it's happened in, in every show that I've done. I, I just got to keep my feet under me. But yeah, it is very much like there's so many moving parts, you know, just walls coming in, like light towers, you mm-hmm. know, props, you know, dancers who are just like really doing their thing, kicking their legs. And you're like, OK, avoid that Laduka heel right there. <laughs> <laughs> did you uh, did you ever go down the dancing route or? Uh, was that something oh, that you've explored? No. No? Oh, that is, that's, that's a, that's a thing that <laughs> I always struggled with. Always struggled with. I, my, my body doesn't really do what my brain wants it to do a lot of the time. <laughs> hence the clumsiness. So, <laughs> yeah, hence the clumsiness. So when I started um, in San Francisco, I was the understudy. So I, I they put me in an ensemble track and I had <laughs> no clue what I was doing. And I mean that in the realest sense to where the dance captain, Alice and Leo, we were doing kind of the, she was teaching, she was trying to teach me um, the very minimal dancing my track had um, in Osda's ballroom. And she goes, okay, at the end of this, how do you feel about a Sinead turn? And I looked at her and I was like, what's a Sinead turn? I had no idea. I know what a Sinead turn is now and I can kind of do one, but like, don't ask me to do like a full tap dance number. It's, I, I wish that I was better at dancing. I respect so much that people who just, it's built into, I, oh, oh, it's incredible. Dancing is incredible. I've always envied true good dancers because of the amount of control and strength and natural strength you have to have. And physical expression. Like it's so beautiful. And I, can, I, I try to do that with my voice, but physically, that's such a different beast. That it was not really my kind of beast. Well, I was built for other things. <laughs> you, I, I think it, it, we, it, this goes back to what we were saying um, at the beginning. Actually, we we're joking around about, you know, the Idinas and the Edens and, uh, mm. and there are people, there's a certain type of person who, who has the chops to do the alphabuzz. And and yeah. which is not the same as the Glindas, and it, it's it. All of you are in. It's a sisterhood. Exactly what you said. Yes. Because it is so hard and so difficult, and to make it look as effortless as all of you do takes some true, true talent. And especially when you're singing hoisted, what 20, 30 feet in the air, <laughs> the one of the endings to exactly. one of the hardest songs. Yes on stage right it takes yes. it takes a lot of 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 uh, what's the word i'm looking for uh chutzpah what's yeah the- <laughs> there you go i think that's exactly it. it it takes a different kind of person i don't think people understand how difficult it is mentally emotionally physically vocally alphaba is so difficult it's exhausting you mm-hmm. can't really do much else in your life with the energy that you have left. Um, it's, and I don't think anyone really understands how hard that is unless you've gone through it, unless you've done Alphaba. Um, and so th- I think there is kind of a, a connection and a sisterhood there because it's like, oh, 
I know what I know what you went through. You know what I went through. Mm-hmm. You know the experience of how thrilling it is, but how draining and and hard it is. Well, the 2015 tour that where you were Elphaba, yeah, is that I is played that, lead on tour. Yeah. yeah. So is that harder or was I assume it was harder? So correct me if I'm wrong. That yeah. you're not only are you doing this hard ass role, but yeah. you're also changing cities, changing sets, changing stages. Tour is hard. Tour yeah. is hard. Um, yeah. So doing the show full time was probably. I think I, I took a step back and I was like, this is probably the happiest and most fulfilled I've ever been doing lead on tour wow. eight times a week. Incredible. Um, but it it's it is harder it takes over your whole life and especially on tour where it's kind of the only thing that you can do you're living in this kind of bubble traveling from city to city with uh the people that you've kind of made into your family um it's very difficult they i they usually put an alphaba on tour first so they can kind of build up their chops and uh uh that's tour is difficult in itself but doing lead on tour is, it's just, it's just wild. It's a marathon and it's, it's exhausting and it, but it's so fulfilling there. I'm, I'm addicted to doing Alphaba. I really, I'm addicted to doing Alphaba. I love it so much. It's a challenge and I just welcome every second of that. Do you ever miss Elsa? I do. Yeah. I mean, those costumes. Oh, also, beautiful. I got to be blonde. <laughs> right. Never right, right. thought that I would ever be blonde in my life. Um, but that was fun. Uh, beautiful costume, beautiful wigs, and getting to sing like an iconic song. And especially like all the kids in the audience loved it so much. And they would come dressed up in their costumes and, uh, you know, Disney dreams there. Um and doing Elsa was really incredible. When that when that twinkle right before Let It Go happens uh, of the piano, mm-hmm. you can kind of hear the buzz in the audience and the energy because so many people know that song. So many people know Let It Go. And I do miss that feeling of like, oh, this this was my dream and I'm doing it actively. So of course I miss it. I I I love doing it and the people that I got to be on stage with were just beautiful wonderful people that will always be close to my heart we're going to take a short break stay tuned for more of the episode it's such a great cast and and I know a lot of people from from the original cast and uh I mean Especially getting to work alongside Casey Levy and Patty Muir. Oh my god! Like, like two of two of Broadway. What a dream! Literal Broadway royalty. Casey and there. Patty. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, oh my god! Iconic. Yeah, yeah. They were they were incredible, and, and I mean the whole the whole show. Again, this is a this is one of those types of 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 people that you know you put your shoulders back, you put your head up, and you mm-hmm. carry this show. Yes, and that that is. That is pressure. That is emotional and physical stress that you have to maintain. Leading a company with grace and kindness is a feat that I do. You feel like he become? Do you feel he become like a a sort of an unofficial CEO 
of of <laughs> when you're when you're leading a company, right? You you set yeah. the tone for the rest of the cast. Absolutely, I think a lot of it comes from the top. Not that not that the leads are like the top because we're all doing the same show, um, but I think there is a sense of like, you know, the people who are leading the show are very much, uh, yeah, like you said, like the CEO of like. I mean, we don't get to tell anyone what to do or anything, but there's, there is like a tone that you set with, you know, your personality, your, your energy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if your leads have like high energy and are excited and present with what they're doing, you know, people feed off of that energy, you know, doing theater is so energetic and there's and such a connection that vulnerable and, and what happens on stage and the connections made on stage is is goes very deep. It runs very deep. So I, I think you're right. I think the people that lead a company, it's it's a it's a responsibility in a way. Yeah. So when you when you get the call, if you're like, all right, I'm I'm going on for Alpha Buzz, is it uh is it just like all right, I'm stepping into this track technically, right? Because you know what to mm-hmm. sing, you know what to say, you know where to move so you don't get knocked mm-hmm. in the head, hopefully. But do you ever think about the 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 emotional leadership aspect of it as well or does that come after the fact i hmm. i know there's a sense of like you have to be ready emotionally before you go out there on that stage to do the thing you know um so but i don't i don't think i'm ever like actively like i gotta lead this company you know because there is a sense of like we're all at least in my mind, we're all equals. I know some people don't really, they like to be like the diva star. Mm-hmm. But to me, like one of my mottos is I am better than no one and no one is better than me. And um, I think that applies very much to doing the show with other beautiful humans who are putting their hearts and souls and bodies and emotions and and mental uh, mental abilities into Mm -hmm. this thing that we're all doing together i think that i think that's that is very very true because the whole thing when you're in an ensemble and especially when you have big dance numbers you have Mm. to be aware of everything and everyone otherwise like i i I say it all the time on the podcast this is the olympics of theater these you are all at the top (laughs) of your game you have to be in tip-top shape and be on it all the time. Otherwise, you kick someone or you fall down or you hurt. Like, you can get serious. And hurt. it happens. Yeah. Live theaters, things happen. Yeah. You know, a set piece doesn't come out on stage. Okay, well, uh, we got to figure out what we're doing now in the moment while still staying in character yeah. and uh, and making the story still happen. Do you do? <laughs> it's funny. I, I was having this conversation with some with my friend last night, my Bush Gardens friend. Uh, we, uh, she was saying she saw something recently where a guy came out, sat on a chair, and all four legs just went boop and oh, like broke. No. And they didn't. It bothered her so much because they didn't. Nobody acknowledged it. Yep. Nobody paid attention <laughs> to it. And then just slowly. The state, some some little hand came and yeah. behind the scenes and was like pulling the, the chair. This happens all the time. If if a prop breaks or something and something falls off or somebody drops something, everybody's got their eye on it, like in their peripheral, and they're like, okay, working out in their mind. Okay, how do how do I walk over there and grab this without it looking like 
<laughs> because you got to grab it off the stage. If there's yeah. something on the stage, these dancers are going to come off and if they don't see it, they're going to trip on it. So you, you better like, be active and be like, there's something on the ground there. Let me find a way. So while you're doing your lines and your songs and, you know, embodying this character and the story, you, and there's a part you kind of split your mind in half. And you're like, there's a part where I'm like, Okay, you got to do the technical part of go pick up this, uh, go pick up this uh, bell that's fallen off on stage, and, and you know someone <laughs> eventually will do it. You know, right. scoop it up yeah. on stage. See people scoop it up, or they'll kick it into the wings, or something. exactly, yeah. or into the pit, or <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Trumpet player is like, damn it, freaking! I know, it's just like raining, <laughs> raining bells, <laughs> raining, yeah. raining yes. So let's wrap the episode with three questions I ask everyone to uh, end Great. the episodes here. The first let's one just simply is what motivates you? What motivates me? Love. For? Love for love for what we get to do. Love for the theater, love for the energetic exchange between performer and audience. Um, love for the community of Broadway and, and musical theater in general. I mean, it's, we always say it's like a small community, but it's it also like if you spread out and, and kind of see all the people and all the kids and teenagers who love musical theater and Broadway, it's, a, it can be like a big inclusive community. It's a place where everyone can belong and be a part of this thing. And so when you're on stage, you're like, this whole community is behind me and it's bigger than what I can even see. Um, so that is very motivating to me is the love that people put into this thing that we all enjoy together. That is a, such a beautiful answer. Okay. <laughs> Next question. What advice would you give to your younger self and younger people listening now starting out down a similar path? So um, I'll say what my, what my mom always told me is uh, work hard and, and be kind. And that, and and then other things will fall into place. You know, if you work hard and and you are kind to the people around you, things things fall into place. And um, I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought. Can you repeat the question? <laughs> <laughs> what? Is, so that was what advice would you give to your younger self? And then younger people Perfect. listening now, starting out down a similar path. Yeah. So uh, um, the advice I would give to myself when I was younger is work harder. Don't just glide on your like, okay, I'm just going to be a singer. It's like, no, you have to put the work in. And I think that's something I learned from doing it, doing Wicked when I was, you know, 23 and no clue what I was doing, you know, and I was always late. I was, I was, I was very chronically late. And so I think I would tell my younger self, like, dude, stop being, stop being late to everything. Like, it's not, a, it's not cute. The show has to go on. And if people aren't ready to go, then it's not going to happen. So don't be late. Try to fix that in my life. Um, but also, yeah, work hard and be kind. Um, and I think advice for people who want to um, do this kind of thing in their life. What I always say to like kids is like, absorb as much as you can. Look at the greats, you know, and learn from them. It's, I mean, if you just watch performance, you can get something out of it. It's a masterclass. Mm -hmm. And when I say absorb things, I mean plays, musicals, movies, you know, um, reading books about theater, seeing how the whole machine kind of works. 
doing community theater, doing um, musicals at church, doing uh, musicals at school. And that applies, you know, theater and musicals, kind mm-hmm. of, you know, the same kind of deal. But um, yeah, I think absorbing as much as you can and letting it live inside of you, it, it can come out in a more genuine, beautiful, studied way. So don't dance through life. Don't be a Fiero. <laughs> no, don't go on <laughs> autopilot. Be present where be, you are. Be an Elfie. Don't be a Fiero. There you don't go. Don't be a Fiero. Maybe act two Fieros is fine. Yeah, maybe swing, be an act two Swinging Fiero, in not, on that rope, saving the day. Swinging in on that rope in the cornfield. Right. Be an act two <laughs> Fiero, not an act one Fiero. That's your new slogan. There, there it is. There's, there's my your, new motto. There's your new motto. What's Forget the, motto the other you? ones. All right, last question. If you <laughs> can Disney. see one show for the rest of your life, but you can see it as many times Ooh. as you want, what would you see? Oh my gosh. Sorry, that's a really, only that's see a really hard question. Mm-hmm. One show? Yes. There are so many shows, Alan. But you can see it there as are many so times many as shows. You want. You're stuck on a desert island. Oh you my have. Gosh. An, I know. I'm gonna pick something, and then I, I'm gonna think about it an hour from now and be like, "No, I want to. I want to pick another thing." And I'm gonna change my answer, but <laughs> I can't really do that. Right off the top of my head, the thing that I love right now is Hades Town. I think it's so creative and beautiful. It is. And I've only seen it once, but I was on the third row. Um, I got house seats, um, but I, I was on the third row. And once, wait for me started and those lamps started swinging i was just in tears and so there's it's a it's a beautiful story and i think uh it was really creative the way that they did it from the i mean i was listening to there's that original um kind of concept the concept album, album yeah. which i love it's also like 12 years old or something it's so good though and yeah. some of the things are changed i'm like we shouldn't change that so i'm like <laughs> Like an old, old Hades Town fan, you know. Um, but right now, I feel like that's kind of what I would want to continue seeing. And I'll probably change my answer later. But that's the one that I is right off the top of my head. I'm like, I, I just want to keep saying that one. That's good. Yeah. We'll, we'll go good. with that. All right. Where can <laughs> we find we'll you online? Social media. Social media um, on Instagram, which is pretty much the one thing that I've kind of concentrated on. Uh, Facebook, I don't usually even uh, look at. Twitter, I'm kind of a lurker at Alyssa Fox. Uh, Instagram, where I usually reside, is at Alyssa Joy Fox, which is my middle name. But um, that's that's kind of where I am. Alyssa Joy. Alyssa Joy Fox. That's Alyssa. me. That's but a- my equity name is just Alyssa Fox. So. <laughs> my stage name is... I'm not like a three-namer. No. <laughs> Never trust it's anyone very... with two first names. <laughs> There's so many, though. I know. There's so know. many. Especially in theaters. Like, oh, somebody's got this name? Okay, I'm going to add my middle name. I want um, s- There's very many three-namers. There was a, a hot minute where I thought... I wanted to go by Alan Scott Seals, even though Scott is nowhere close to my middle name, because uh, I just liked Alan Scott Seals. I don't know why. You just liked it. I just like Scott, yeah. And But then my initials would be ass, and so I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I did not expect you to say that, but that's very funny. But I would say maybe that's a reason to add Scott to your name. Oh, all right. Well, then, welcome to the theater <laughs> podcast with ass.
I'm your host. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> Not, that's a different show. I'm your host. It is a different show. <laughs> <laughs> the theater podcast after hours. I'm your host. Ass. Hours. Aster hours. Not rated PG. <laughs> Clear. As- no, don't say Aster hours. <laughs> Aster hours. I am all about the dad jokes. All right. Get more of me at thetheaterpodcast.com. I'm on Instagram. Right. I'm on Instagram and what? I don't know. Instagram and Twitter. I'm on Instagram oh. and theater. What it, What the hell? I'm on Instagram and Twitter. We're all on theater. theater. We're all on theater. We are Pump high it into on our theater. Veins. High on theater. Theater underscore podcast. I'm on Facebook. I don't know what I'm doing. Slash official theater podcast. I'm on TikTok where I know even less about what I'm doing at the theater podcast. Edited by Well-Rounded Hoodland Productions. Jukebox the Ghost gave us our intro and outro music. And Alyssa Joy Fox. Thank you for such thank a you. wonderful, wonderful chat. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.